0: Hi there and welcome back to Don't Look Down, the inspirational wellbeing podcast aimed at proving we really can overcome anything. I'm Emily Taylor and the next person that we're going to be hearing from is a very special man called Alan Neald. The reason he's very special is he's my Kung Fu instructor. Alan is going to be talking to us and sharing with us His journey, from when he was just 14, he moved from a very small little village into the busy, bustling city of Birmingham. And how he made a decision to join a self-defence martial arts class to sort of instil some confidence. And this decision was one that changed his life and destiny forever. He was taught by a man who is very, very well respected across the whole of the UK called Master Jeremy Yao. Alan was taught by this incredible man and he's going to be talking to us about how he became a Laogar guardian of Kung Fu. Now, mental health and well-being is a massive topic and this is something that we talk about extensively on this particular interview alan is also um, an accredited counselor and offers lots of different advice on how to help yourself um, where to get help from and also talking about people's well-being and how exercise can massively impact your day-to-day life no matter what kind of mental health issue you might be struggling with I was so inspired by this interview. Already knowing a lot about Alan, he still surprised me by sharing stories about Master Jeremy Yao and the whole world of martial arts. I know, for one, speaking firsthand, this changed my life and how I see things. Even now I'm still learning. I know that a lot of people will enjoy this particular podcast and will get an awful lot from it. So please enjoy. <laughs> really looking forward to this chat because you are going to be talking about the world of laogar Kung Fu.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me and it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yes. So today I thought we'd talk about the impact of exercise, um, not just from sort of running and joining the gym, but from a martial arts point of view, mm-hmm. um, you have got extensive experience with this particular field and had the privilege of being taught by Master Jeremy Yao when you was just 14 years of age? 14
1: is when I started yes.
0: So yeah so I wanted to talk today about how not just learning to get fit but also the impact it has on you as a person and how well for me and what you taught me it changed how I thought Maybe become friends with myself, find out how I really, who I really was, mm-hmm. mind, body, and soul. There's so much more to just martial arts and what it does for people and how it's changed people's lives, not just adults but children. Right. Yeah. So thank you for coming on. Um, and before I sort of start all of my um, interviews, I like to ask everybody the same question because I think it's quite relevant with. What sort of three things do you feel you're
1: most grateful for in life, and why? Interesting question. Three things. Firstly, health. Um, Martial arts has kept me very healthy most of my life. Um, So yeah, health is very, very big in my life, and I think by practicing martial arts, I will stay healthier for longer. Mm. So that would be one. The obvious answer is, my family but i would say my children Uh, i have two lovely boys who've grown up into young men and i love them dearly basically Mm -hmm. and the third one i would say world travel that might sound a little weird but by i've been very fortunate and i've traveled a lot a lot in the world um, all the way across the world and it's opened my eyes to many, many things that go on in the world. So mm-hmm. it makes me very, very thankful for my own life. So world yes. travel, yeah.
0: I think they're brilliant ones. I think definitely agree with the world travel, um, learning different cultures and seeing how privileged we are in England and how other people live. I find it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of put things into perspective. Opens your eyes, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. it definitely does. Um, Just going on from that, where, Out of all the countries that you have
1: been, where's your favourite country? Oh, there's lots of favourite countries, but I have to say, I've been to China twice, and China is so diverse, um, and changing rapidly. Um, There were four or five years in between the first time I went and the second time I went, and the difference was massive. They don't sit still in China. When they want something done, they do it. Uh, The culture is not necessarily what I like, Mm. but... The landscape is incredible, absolutely incredible, and I loved it. So diverse. So I would say China. And what
0: about their philosophies?
1: The philosophy is, mm-hmm. well. Obviously, I know a fair bit about the philosophy, uh, the Eastern philosophy, through Mastiao and yeah. his teaching, uh, more than anyone else. Uh, and so, yes, I like the Eastern philosophy and way of thinking. It's very. Um, you come at things from very many different angles, and that ties in massively to my job as a psychotherapist.
0: Brilliant, okay. So, you were just 14 years of age when you moved from a small village yes. to the bustling city of Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was it? How come you moved?
1: I, we moved to Birmingham because my father was offered the opportunity to build his own house in a self built scheme. Uh, We were living in a council house in in Canuck, which is where I lived, a little mining town. And he, for two years, he spent two years building his own house, uh, which gave him the opportunity to to own his own house. And at 13, 14, we all had to move, basically, because the house was finished. And off we went.
0: Mm. And how um, did you feel the transformation from a very quiet town to... The bustling
1: streets of Birmingham? Uh, I didn't like it, quite no. frankly. Uh, I knew a lot of people where I, where I was built up. It was a small town. We knew, uh, Lots of people knew everybody mm. and I moved to a city where I knew no one. Um, the tallest building in the town I lived was the church <laughs> and now i moved to a city with skyscrapers yeah. and it didn't feel comfortable at all to me. Uh, mm. I didn't like it.
0: So did you know that you wanted to join, have a hobby to meet new people? What was it that um, sort of led you to think, yeah, I I need to put myself out there a little bit, get a bit more confidence,
1: perhaps? Because, obviously, because I knew no one, um, I needed to find new friends or something new to do. So I just joined clubs, lots and lots of clubs. The the main ones I joined, I became, I joined a, a gymnastics club. I joined a trampolining club, I started playing football for a team and I joined the British Kung Fu Association. Um, that was enough to be honest with you because I started training twice a week with the, the, in the Kung Fu and I was out two or three other nights with the other sports that I did. So that in itself gave me lots of things to do yeah. and I came across lots of people then basically. So can you just sort of describe how
0: you felt when you took those tentative first steps into a world at that point, you didn't know existed. Um, and I'd like to say a world that I think we both agree that changed your life forever.
1: It certainly changed my life forever, that's without a doubt. <laughs> um, I, I remember going to uh, the British Kung Fu Association headquarters, which was based in a basement uh, in Temple Passage in Birmingham. And I was very, very nervous when I when I first went. Um, I walked down I remember walking down the, the alley, turning left into a very dark courtyard, and there was just <laughs> there was just a light above this door. And I stood at the top of the door and there was this horrendous smell em- emanating. I know that smell. From the <laughs> from from the from the door, and there was a flight of stairs in front of me. And I thought, well I'm I'm doing it now. So I went down I went down the stairs and at the bottom of the stairs there was a little sort of reception area at the end of which was an office and I could see this Chinese man in the office uh, and I was petrified. Yeah. That, you know, was, I, I thought, oh, what well, if he doesn't speak English? I, I certainly don't speak Chinese and I went and tentatively tapped on the door and to, you know, to my surprise he spoke very good English mm. and invited me in, explained about the whole process uh, of joining And I paid my membership fee there and then and Mm. uh, was about to start on a journey that transformed my life. And one more point I'd like to mention here, the smell that I became, well, that became very, very familiar to me over the next few years was that of sweat. Yes. uh, Hard work and sweat. And now when I smell it, 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 it's a good memory because of all the good times I've had down there, basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've also walked the same path as you, <laughs> smell the same smell. Yeah. Um, which we can go into a little bit later, I'm sure. Um, so, what was it out of, obviously, the gymnastics, the trampoline in the football, what was it that, that sort of caught your eye with the self-defence, particularly?
1: That, that's difficult to, to, to say. I, I, I continued with the gymnastics for probably another two or three years, okay. uh, and the trampolining, uh, and football. I, I did them all, but I eventually carried on with the the Kung Fu because a bond seemed to happen between Mastiao and myself. uh, And I don't know why that happened, uh, but it just did. Uh, And he became, we became very, very close uh, after two or three years. Although I have to say the first couple of years, I hardly ever spoke to him Mm -hmm. uh, because I was frightened to speak to him. Um, But gradually we became quite close uh, and... He, he became like a father to me yeah. and is to this day the same like a father to me uh, well
0: it's a bit like you and i isn't it you know we've had that similar similar relationship. relationship yeah yeah and just to point out when i obviously first came along to kung fu i couldn't even do a sit-up I <laughs> the whole way through it i don't even think you thought i'd continue but i did you so did. thank you and you did very well <laughs> yeah i did surprisingly I did a recording earlier um, just to sort of boost this interview because I'm very passionate about it and um, I actually can remember that day like it was yesterday. Really? I can. You know, there's few moments in your life. Um, I just went with my brother for him. Mm. I did want to learn something new. I wanted to get fit from a health perspective Um, but I had no idea of coordination. Um, what a world of martial arts really meant, but I knew after, even though I was abysmal, <laughs> <laughs> I knew I wanted to go back. Yeah. And it was, it was like I'd done horse riding. I was always been sporty as a kid, but that was just something different. That, yeah. and I don't know whether you felt the same, but it just something just it was just felt different. It it
1: it either gets you or it doesn't. I mean, some people it doesn't. It doesn't suit everyone, uh, as with any sport. But with most people. After the first or second lesson, you know if you like it or not. There's yeah. something there that just grabs you. Yeah. Uh, it did me and obviously did you.
0: You have to work hard at it. Oh, it yes. You know, coordination did not come easy to me no. to start off with, but, no. you know, it's all the other things that you go on. It's a journey. And it it's is. It's not just physical, it's, 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 it's mental as
1: well, without a shadow yeah. of a doubt. And if people do continue and practice uh, consistently, they will benefit in many, many ways, that's yeah. for sure. It becomes yeah. a part of your life, yeah. doesn't it?
0: Yes. So, um, tell us a little bit more about Master um, Yao and his reputation, because I remember obviously hearing so much about him, and in the few times that I've met him, totally in awe, um, so much admiration and respect for him and what he's done, mm-hmm. um, bringing over to to, to England.
1: Well, Master Yao was I was an innovator really uh, in the UK. Uh, It was him who actually introduced Kung Fu to the masses. I'm not saying it wasn't being taught to the Chinese, because I don't really know at that Mm -hmm. time. But in the early 70s, it was Mastiao that introduced it to to the public, basically. Um, Together with a man called Mike Haig, together they formed the British Kung Fu Association. Uh, And, you know, it went on from strength to strength. strength. Having formed the BKFA, the British Kung Fu Association, Mastiao introduced such things as full contact tournaments, which had never been seen in this country, Mm -hmm. uh, which has turned into MMA, that sort of thing now. It was never around before. Boxing was the only full contact sort of sport around. Uh, So being able to knock somebody out with a kick and a punch was very innovative. Uh, Something else, another innovation that he brought to the UK was women's tournaments. There was quite a lot of karate tournaments, but they were all men. Mm. Um, there were no women's tournaments at the time.
0: Was this
1: in the 70s? This was in the 70s, yeah. late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. And you know, having women's tournaments was something very, very new. Uh, and so he introduced that. And, and him and Mike Hay brought over from, really, America, uh, the concept of kickboxing as well. Yes. Um, and within the laogar, <coughs> excuse me, within the laogar syllabus, we have a kickbox, kickboxing syllabus, a self defence syllabus, and a kung fu syllabus mm-hmm. as well. So there, there are many strings, and a tai chi syllabus. Yeah. So there are many strings to the laogar bow, as it were. Uh, and these are the th- sort of things that he introduced, and, and were was innovations really mm-hmm. in, in the UK. Because
0: he's been on Combat Magazine, how many times, <clears> you know. <throat> He really did change.
1: He changed the face of martial arts in this country without a shadow of a doubt. Karate dominated uh, the whole scene, karate and judo, with some taekwondo. Uh, But once he introduced kung fu and the fighters started entering karate tournaments and not only entering, began winning the tournaments and dominated the whole tournament scene for for maybe 20 years, Mm -hmm. uh, winning everything. Uh, and it was only after the karate div, uh, began to change their way of fighting that they, sta- they started to compete with the, yeah. the Laogar fighters yeah. um, and that's not just me blowing the trumpet for Laogar I mean that's that's a you know you can look at the records it, it's, it's, a, it's fact. a fact it's a fact yeah, yeah. definitely
0: yeah. it did it, you know he's, he's an incredible man um, and even though he's a lot older now he's still does he still do the China
1: trips? Does he still he, get involved? He, he, we, we, take, we take people to China every Easter, uh, training in Fusan. Uh, we, he has now introduced Lao Gar back into China. So we now have another Chinese instructor oh, in China that he teaches every time he goes back. Um, <clears throat> so Lao Gar came from Hong Kong into England and has gone back into China, really. So it's, it's gone full circle. Um, and to be fair, in, in the time from when the, the association started to this point, Mastiao's touched tens of thousands of people. His, his influence, his training, his teaching. just the, It's incredible the number of people that his teaching has touched
0: oh completely it's changed so many people's lives for the better i think so um it's incredible really He should be knighted um (laughs) he should so we'll come back to um a few more sort of um fascinating kung fu stories but let's look at a more sort of personal perspective about about you and your journey as well um Obviously you've kung fu. you've since the age of 14 that and to this day you're still teaching and it's very much a part of your life and you've also passed on what Master Yao's knowledge um, and how he's touched with the students. You've done that with other people, certainly myself. Um, people speak very highly of you to me. Mm-hmm. But aside from the Kung Fu, you are also a fully trained counsellor. Yes. Um, and I absolutely love the name. Um, it's called chrysalis, mm-hmm. um, which, by the way, just means the transformation from a caterpillar to a butterfly, which I feel mm-hmm. is a very apt meaning for the business and what it does. So what led you to go down that path? Do you think Kung Fu impacted that at all, from talking to your students?
1: Well, I've always been interested in psychology. Um, again, I think that's from Mastiao's teachings mm. uh, as a child. Uh, the influence of Mastiao and his, his Eastern philosophy has impacted on me and has moulded me. That, yeah. that, that goes without saying. Um, but I... I I actually went from, I was in horticulture, I was, I was working in horticulture for many, many, many years and I had an injury and was looking for something different to do. Mm. Uh, and actually on a, on a trip to Mexico, I was lying, lying by a pool, talking to this lady in the next sunbed and she, after a, an hour or so, just said out of the blue, have you ever thought about being a counsellor? Mm. And I'd never really given it any serious thought. Uh, But I was intrigued. We carried on talking, and she told me all about it. And when I arrived back in the UK, I I looked into it, and I approached Bourneville College. And I think it was about three weeks later, they were doing a taster course, Mm -hmm. and it just seemed to be... Fate. yeah. So I applied and got on the taster course uh, and loved it. Uh, Applied then uh, for the the follow-up courses, and three years later, qualified, basically
0: and you're still doing that as well well i went on from that
1: to to get accreditation uh joined the bacp at the british association of counseling and psychotherapy Mm -hmm. i went through all their um programs to become accredited to increase my my knowledge and understanding of of psychotherapy and counseling Uh, gained accreditation started my own business uh, and never looked back really Yeah. yeah
0: it's a two fascinating um paths, really, that kind of combine into one in some, they, they in link, some respects?
1: Yeah, very much so. They link the, 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 the thought process, the, the, the way we work things out in Kung Fu, and look at things from various asp- uh, uh, aspects, to understand how to work a technique out, how to defend something. It's exactly the same as if you have a psychological issue, you know, one thing might not might work for one person, but it doesn't work for another. Yeah. So you have to come at it from a different perspective. And it's
0: all to do with the individual. Of and I do think that is a rare gift. Mm. I think you either got that skill set, or you haven't. As and it, you definitely have. You do see people.
1: Yeah, it seemed to come to me quite easily, mm. which I found very strange because I had to work very hard at everything else. But for some reason, counselling came to me very easily, mm. and still does. Yeah, well, you are brilliant at it. <laughs> um, Thank
0: you. So I know for me exercise is important for my well-being Um, and it it has had a huge impact on how I feel afterwards it gets the natural endorphins growing especially after one of your gruelling (laughs) training sessions if I miss a week and then I come I know I'm for it Um, but I think you know aside from just martial arts I think for me just to put you know one foot in front of the other and just get out there and go for a walk also has a massive impact. Can you elaborate or explain on the benefits of getting those natural endorphins in our brain jumping around and the high it gives mm-hmm. people? If you're in a dark place, especially, mm-hmm. you can get in a rut. Yeah. It's just, you know, some people don't even want to get out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it's to try and train and change the way that your thinking patterns are to exercise or just going out for a
1: walk. Okay. well. Let me look at it from a slightly different perspective to start off with. If if, if we have a headache, we take paracetamol or aspirin. Mm. So the chemical within that drug acts on the pain and the pain goes away. Mm. So, everybody knows that that works. In a similar way, uh, our bodies uh, produce natural endorphins when we exercise so by exercising you create these endorphins and serotonin this sort of thing and this is a chemical that acts on on the depression basically mm-hmm. so like the aspirin takes away the pain the endorphins and the serotonin act on the depression to lift your mood mm-hmm. and to get it take you to a place where you are able to move forward or feel able to move forward and engage in the world again yes. um, it can't do it on its own um, and you, you know, you may need help as well, but it certainly get, takes you to a place where you're able to interact again and see the world for the way it is and not the way you begin to perceive it is when you're feeling depressed. That's yes. do. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it
0: does, it does perfectly. Um, and I suppose it's 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 how you go from that transition of not wanting to do anything, being stuck in a rut, and a dark place, to thinking just walk out the
1: door, mm. A simple walk gets you in the fresh air. It fresh is. air is a different environment. A lot of people who are depressed or stressed tend to stay within an enclosed environment. They hide themselves away. <clears throat> Excuse me. Getting out there, seeing the world, seeing other people, interacting, then adding the exercise to that as well to, to increase the endorphins, the serotonin. Mm. All this comes together in support of lifting the spirits of the individual. Yes, definitely.
0: Um, couldn't agree more, it, it definitely um, you know and it is that isn't it it's it's the whole once you get to the gym or once you get to the Kung Fu class or the swimming pool you know it's the getting there but once you're there
1: it's different, once you're there it's different And you and don't that, ever regret it no and that isolation that you've been feeling that negativity that you've been feeling once you start interacting with people again it becomes different it does. and so interacting with people is also Very, very beneficial, especially if you're feeling depressed.
0: Yes. So, I suppose, 40 years on or so, um, when you first started to learn Kung Fu yourself um, and the incredible journey that you've been on, um, you've become a Laogar guardian along with a few others um, charged with looking after and sort of perpetuating the Laogar style. That must seem still... um, I hope like a huge privilege to have been in a position to have been taught by Master Yao himself for so many years of working with him um, as I know you have one-to-one mm-hmm. um, surely he must have given you information no one else has ever received sort of information that you are now able to tash- to teach and pass on to your own students mm-hmm. uh, can you elaborate on any <sighs> stories or anything that's
1: unique mm, well Matthew has taught me um personally, for over 45 years now, so mm. that's a lifetime, basically. Um, he's, he's helped to mould my personality uh, and has guided me through through much of my life, and for that I'm, I will always be thankful for. Yeah. Um, uh, he's taught me many, many things uh, over the years, but one cons- consistent thing that he has always impressed on me, uh, and something that I think I'd like to pass on to everyone, is to treat everybody with respect be they a street cleaner a president a queen just treat everybody the same with the same sort of respect that you would expect them to treat you with mm. don't expect it give it and hopefully that they will then give it back so that's a consistent without a yes. shadow of a doubt that he's always said that to me and i've been in his presence many many times when i've seen example examples of this from him uh, and so I know that he, he not only says these things, he actually follows the things that yeah, he says as well. Yeah. So, um, what else has he taught me? He's, he's taught me so many things that I, I can't actually say that he hasn't taught and spoken to other people about, because I don't know hmm. what he's spoken to other people about. But um, I was I was very privileged one day, uh, when his daughter was, being mar- uh, was getting married, and I was invited to their house. Hmm. Um, to see the ceremony, the tea-presenting ceremony oh. that his daughter had to perform to her grandmother and to Mastiao, to Mastiao's wife. <clears throat> Is that a Chinese, it's tr- a Chinese tradition? It's a Chinese tradition, and they were all dressed up in, in Chinese oh, wow. clothes. Uh, and I was the only other person there that wasn't a family member. Uh, and that was very privileged. Yes. So, And I know that's not relevant to the Kung Fu or anything, but it, it's a reflection on... The way our relationship, basically. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel I felt very honoured. To, yes, to, to it's be a there moment that.
0: that you'll remember forever. And, and nobody else yeah, was there. There was exactly. there was
1: about eight of us, mm-hmm. uh, and and they invited me. And I, all I can think of, Ruben, who's Massiah's son, who lives in America and wasn't able to come to his sister's wedding. And I just presume they invited me to take the place of Ruben, yeah. but yeah. I don't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my presumption. And I like to think of it that way. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, you know, it, it. Although you think it's not relevant, it is relevant I think because it. it's. It's again, it's impacting you. It's boosted you. It's made you feel privileged, honoured, all those it's other things. Me. Yeah, with that And it's trip. another teaching, isn't it, of of how to be in life. Mm.
1: I think. One of the other things that he's taught me, is some Chinese medicine. Um, for help, helping to heal people, especially sciatica, um, that sort of injury, which is very, very common, uh, and, and the, the sort of massage and manipulation to relieve people's sciatic pain, which I've used numerous times on um, my father, who gets a lot of sciatic pain, and mm. on one or two others. Um, I've been able to massage students such as yourself. I remember massaging oh, yes. you in the past. And, and this, is, this is something else that he's taught me. I'm not qualified medically, but I don't, I don't actually do anything that, that's invasive. It's just body manipulation uh, that yeah. he's taught me. And um, that's
0: another side to Kung Fu that you don't realise. You It's not just learning a physical. You get to know your body, I pressure so. points. I, I remember that clearly. It, I, it was the day before I took my black sash. Mm-hmm. I could barely move my neck. I'd done that much training that I was so knotted up yes. and obviously I was incredibly nervous. And just to point out for the listeners' point of view, when you take your black sash, um, it's in front of Master Yao yes. and a panel. Yes. You don't normally have your gradings no. done by the, Master Yao, but with your black sash you do. Yes. Um,
1: every, every black sash grading taken in this country, since day one of the association, Master Yao has attended. There's not one person that, who has a black sash that he hasn't graded personally. No. Yeah. Um, which is really good.
0: But I was able, after your massage, <laughs> to be able to perform and pass, thankfully. <laughs> you managed. I guess. Yeah, I did. Uh, a lot of intense training, but, but one, of the, one of the highlights of my life. Yeah, it really and, was.
1: And you passed, not because of me, but because of your dedication and because of your training and, and the effort that you put in. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just pointed the way you did the work. You, you,
0: you were still a massive part of that though um, and, you know, um, being punched as, as hard as I was because you have to do two fights at the end.
1: Yes, I remember it clearly. <laughs> he
0: was so tall. Yes. How oh, How tall was he? Uh,
1: well, I was very tall but your nose was bleeding and you were knocked down and you got back up and you were very resilient and I was very proud of you on the day.
0: It was no way I wasn't breaking that wood at the end, I you know that <laughs> after that, but yeah. brilliant challenge, mo- brilliant moment for me. Um, so, with yourself in your own training, mm-hmm. what sort of um, special moments that have stood out for you in your own training?
1: Oh, that that's an is interesting. Is there something?
0: Is there a, a particular fight that you, uh, a tournament that you, that stood out? Is it a set that you've performed?
1: I think there are, there are numerous things really. When I was very young and very low grade, probably about orange sash. I remember Mastiao showing us some throwing techniques. And where we used to train was in this basement, just had a very, very thin carpet on a concrete floor. And he called me out, and he used me to demonstrate, and he threw me over his shoulder, onto my back, onto the concrete floor. And the pain that went through my body was was incredible. Um, But I got up. And he he just tapped me on the back, and said, "Well done, carry on." And, and and I don't I remember that so clearly. Doesn't happen now. No, it, do, it doesn't happen now because health and safety doesn't let us do that sort of thing. But it it made me it just made me more determined. So that was the first thing. The second thing was was pass my black sash, my first degree black sash, uh, and I was fortunate enough to pass it at a, a quite a high standard, um, and I was so proud. Like yourself, when you passed yours, I remember going in and receiving my uh, pass mark, and I was so, so proud. So that, that's a standout moment. Um, from then on, I remember when my, fir- my own first student passed his first black sash. Yes. That, that was very proud, so I, could, I knew I could teach uh, to a good standard. And in, in recent times, um, I, I've got a student at one of my clubs, a student called David, uh, he's from the Reddish Club, and he became the first um, person with Down syndrome to pass a black sash in the British Canoe Association. Mm-hmm. First person in the country, uh, and that that was a massively proud moment. We love David. You know, it's it's incredible. He was so happy. Uh, obviously, the, the people with Down syndrome have a, a limited life expectancy, and he he trained so hard probably two or three years longer than the average person to get ready for his black sash. But it just goes to show that we offer kung fu to everybody. Yes. Uh, and it doesn't matter whether you pass your black sash or not. It matters that you, you make the effort and you, you give it a go. But David was able to pass his black sash. And that was, that was a, a very, very pleasing moment for me. Because there's no
0: exceptions made,
1: is no. there? No, not at all. He, he had to achieve what everybody else had to achieve uh, and, and he was able to do that which was brilliant and and I guess the other sort of standout moments are when I see we have a lot of children in the clubs now and I see the children come along and, and the joy and pleasure yeah. that they get out of training and then their parents come to me and they say thank you you know and, and I'm wondering what they're thanking me for but you know the the, the children they perhaps calm down, or they're more controlled in what they're doing and stuff. And so, passing this information on to lots of generations is, is, is just makes me very proud. Mm.
0: It's like my brother. I mean, he started doing martial arts, and he joined because he was bullied so badly mm. and was so shy, wouldn't speak to anyone. He didn't even tell my parents he was being bullied. Mm. And you must come across that a lot.
1: All the time. I mean. But, especially with children, more, more so with children than adults. Adults are a little more reluctant to tell people that they're being bullied, mm. um, which is a shame uh, because getting it out there is important. Mm. And once people know you can do something about it, so anyone that is being bullied should tell somebody. Definitely. Uh, so it's more prevalent with, with children, you know, and, and especially it's their parents tend to come to me and say, little Johnny's being bullied at school, so we want, to, uh, we, we want him to do something to help with his confidence. So the self-defense aspect obviously helps them to feel more confident when they're out there in society. Uh, But we we don't teach people to fight, we teach them to walk away, but they do know how to defend themselves should the need arise. And
0: that's so important because you can get, you know, I think people think when you say, oh, I do Kung Fu or I'm a black sash or, or whatever in whatever martial arts, they think you're invincible. Mm. You're not. Not at
1: all. Not at all. You're it's not like that at not. all. No. And actually, learning when to walk away is just as important as learning how to fight. Exactly. You know, And recognising that situations may arise and avoiding them. This is all part of the training and something that goes on subconsciously within the training. Makes your awareness. It totally.
0: highlighted my awareness. Yeah. I mean, I, I was brought up to be pretty streetwise, to, to, to be fair. But that doesn't mean to say that I wanted to get involved in fights. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in, in the society that we live in now, with knife crime,
1: yeah. it's so... But well, it's so prevalent in society. It's awful. Uh, yeah, and uh, it, within the association, we have knife defences as part of the it's syllabus. It's one of my favourite parts
0: yeah. that yeah. I learnt. Yeah. Not because... Um, it's so prevalent with, with knife crime, but it's, it, it really opened my eyes to just how vulnerable you are. Mm. If you see somebody with a knife and you've got the chance to run, run.
1: Yeah, definitely. It, it takes one lucky strike with a knife to, to actually kill somebody. Mm. Uh, they don't have to be good at it, you know, just one lucky strike and can end your life or change mm. your life forever
0: and it seems to be that you know the 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 young society now the teenagers they all carry knives they
1: seem to they seem to and and that's so sad it is it, it is so sad because the, the 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 teenager that carries a knife and stabs somebody it's ruined their life as well because of they it has. will get caught and they will go to prison uh, their their job prospects are ruined you know so it doesn't benefit anybody
0: i watched a documentary 24 hours police in custody um, mm. last week and it was on uh, based in Luton and mm. the knife crime, and you saw the actual CCT footage mm. of people being stabbed and one particular young lad um, got knifed knife to death. And I thought, you know, when they were being interviewed, if you interview them now and then in 40 years' time, the regret yeah. and the realisation...
1: Of the immensity of what they've done. Yeah. yeah. Not only to the person they've killed, but to themselves mm. and their family. But at the time when they're out with their friends and the bravado, and all this sort of stuff this is where it's very very difficult to change but something needs to be done about it that's for sure i saying. think so yeah.
0: and it's and that and just going back to the kung fu it's not just people that have been bullied but it's actually good for people that have got anger problems that are mixed up in gangs yeah. and want to change, yes. you know, to join a martial arts group can actually change the way of thinking. Yes, definitely. Not if to it's inter- just to fight and all it's we you know, we learn not a knife defence, yes. not
1: knife crime. Exactly. If, if the instructor is good, the instructor will help to steer the student away from crime uh, and to get them to focus their energies and efforts in a more positive and constructive way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's finding good instructors. There are many, so, many out there, but there are many bad ones out there. Yeah, you know. unfortunately
0: so it, there are. Um, that's like with anything. It's like it you is. can get a good teacher at school or a bad teacher, and, yes. you know. it's yeah. it's. Just, but obviously with, with you, you're a very good teacher, <laughs> so we're very lucky. <laughs> um, so have you indeed sort of, following on from that with special moments, have, is, has there ever been a, a particular student or students that have stood out that you've thought this person is special, they've just got something, has there ever been that moment?
1: There, there's been, there are moments like that all the time, um, like with any, with any sport or, or any activity, certain people are just good at it, mm-hmm. uh, and they stand out, and, and probably it happens in all the years I've been taught, uh, teaching, it's probably happened six or seven times, Mm. where you get standout students. Your brother is is one of those standout students. He is. He's natural, but he's demeanor, he's very calm. Uh, He personifies Eastern philosophy and that sort of way of thinking. Uh, And his technique is very, very good. Uh, And he's got good natural ability. And there are other students of similar ability. Um, I remember one person in particular, a gentleman called John Price, Mm. who, was incredibly good yes. he trained so hard he had good natural ability he wasn't tall he was only about five foot six um he he wasn't imposing at all but uh, he trained and trained and trained and his standards was excellent and then for for some reason he, he actually got an injury to his right arm which is which is was his strong heart, strong arm and so he then went on and learned everything on his left arm To a really, really high standard, and and that's incredible. For somebody to be able to imagine writing with your right hand, and that's your natural hand, and suddenly you've got to start writing with your left hand. That's what it was like for him, Mm. uh, but using weapons, etc., etc. And he he changed to his left hand and became natural Mm. uh, on his left hand. Which is rare. It's very, very rare, and he's gone on to do acupuncture and acupuncture and that sort of thing and he's got he's an incredible man yeah he is without a doubt and so he's a standout student without a shadow of a doubt Mm,
0: definitely definitely i think when you say mind, body and soul it's just said so flippantly Mm -hmm. um and there's been times when i've done kung fu that i've really struggled and i've had to work really hard but when i was and i say at my peak Mm -hmm. ready to prepare for my black sash I think you asked me to perform three sets to prepare me in front of a whole class. Normally, I get really nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, I my heart starts beating fast. I get all that adrenaline, but that and only that one time. I don't know whether it was all the training. I was just. It was like the world stopped, and it was just me doing those sets. And afterwards, when I performed all three of them. I was back in the room, yeah. I was back in the world. And I don't think I've ever, ever felt like that again. Mm-hmm. It was a moment that I can't explain.
1: Well, it's that sort of thing. <clears throat> what, what I would say is, <clears throat> eventually, you shouldn't do Kung Fu. You are Kung Fu. You are, you'd be. It. And, uh, and what you what you sensed then was being Kung Fu. Mm. You were just one with this set of moves, these sets of moves that you had to perform and that's quite rare uh, and it's something I strive for with all students to um, just eliminate the surroundings and be one with what you're doing basically. And this is the sort of thing that you do when you learn meditation yeah. and this comes on to mental health etc. etc. It's very difficult at first because of all the distractions, you hear a car backfire or a car going down, you hear somebody downstairs or upstairs, you know, somebody talking, and immediately you're distracted. Uh, and you have to keep practising and practising and practising. And so those distractions just disappear. And what you what you did then when you were performing those sets is you went into a zone that blacked out everything else. It was. It was and like there was no one else in the room. And so when
0: I did. eventually stopped, I then noticed people and it was silence. Yes. And it was, you just went, well done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But to me, but even if you hadn't have said that, it wouldn't have mattered because mm. to me, and I think that's the journey that it it doesn't happen overnight. No. It's, you know, it's Kung fu doesn't. is a marathon, not a sprint.
1: Yeah, definitely. And part of what performing in front of the class like that is something I introduced a long time ago because performance anxiety is something that many, many people have. If you go for an interview, anything like that, when you're in front of other people, we become anxious. And one of the better ways to overcome that is to address it head on. So by performing in front of people, you start to get used to that process. Mm. And so the anxiety levels, although they're always there, are much less if you've practiced it a lot. Definitely, I mean,
0: obviously I'm in a position where I'm expecting my second child, so I'm not training, but you know, um, with the pregnancy that I have sometimes I get quite anxious and every now and then I'll just start doing a bit of phalanche mm-hmm. just the start of it and I automatically feel calm
1: yeah, calms you down and, and, and meditation and breathing techniques many many techniques that you can be taught uh, in the counselling room with a, with a trained therapist These, this is the sort of thing that helps you to bring you from this heightened sense of anxiety down to a more manageable level uh, and, and, and people that do it for the first time think, oh, this can't work, but if you persist, mm. it works. Yeah. And we bring
0: elements of that into into the, the end of the Kung Fu after Always. we've had a, a sparring session or quite a, a physical lesson. You'll bring people down. Calming down. And it's the feelings that you find, yeah. the tingling in yeah. your fingers, your hands can go red.
1: And what you're explaining there yeah. is mindfulness. Oh, completely. You know, a, a, a term that's used quite a lot at the moment. Uh, But by being aware of everything, that's mindfulness, you know. And again, mindfulness is an Eastern Eastern philosophy. It is, it is.
0: So I think, you know, when people think, oh, I want to join a Kung Fu class. They don't actually realise all the other elements that go with it. I certainly don't. Um, you know, and a lot of Kung Fu students that have trained for years do go on to Tai Chi, they do go on to meditation. Yeah. Meditation is something that I really want to get into and I think helps. It's, it's, it's very popular at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people, even in the celebrity world, talking about meditation yes. and the benefits of it as yes. well um, because it's so good for your mind. It, I said earlier on on the video we live in such a connected world mm-hmm. but actually we're very disconnected aren't yeah. we
1: yes the the, the and in- with ourselves well the internet uh, and phones these days we are connected but where's the personal communication so whilst we can text and, and email people how often do we interact personally exactly uh, and so being able to withdraw within yourself and actually take stock and calm down and be one with the world is, is really good for everybody.
0: Definitely. So we all we know that obviously martial arts um, are suitable for people from all walks of life and all age groups um, It's usually from five years upwards. Yes. It's, it's earlier right.
1: in China. It is earlier in China but it's all about again health and safety we're very aware of the uh, strength of children's bones before five years old. That's why we tend to start people mm. at five. Although my my children started at three at home.
0: Yes. yes. Yeah I think my brother started Joshua quite early on. Yeah. And he's got a natural ability. Yes. I think he's yeah. gonna follow after my brother. Yes. Um so I suppose for people listening we've 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 spoken quite extensively about the benefits of of Lao Kung mm-hmm. Fu and martial arts. But for, for those that are listening and uh, maybe for parents or children or teenagers that are in that situation, either gang-related or being bullied or just want to change their life um, and need a bit of a boost of confidence, um, what would you sort of advise to them to take the first steps sort of where to sort of join a martial arts group and, and how to go about it, if, even if their friends are like, oh, you don't want to do that mm, or, mm. you know... Y- y- do you
1: see what I'm trying I, to say? I do, I do. Well, martial arts, uh, when taught by a good instructor, one that takes an interest in, in, in every student that they have, will actually change the student's life. Uh, that goes without saying. Uh, there, are, there are many, many physical benefits that come from the hard training all martial arts, uh, martial artists go through, but then there are many more subtle benefits uh, that are often overlooked that we've alluded to earlier on today. Mm-hmm. Uh, these things, uh, they can improve dexterity. Martial arts will definitely improve dexterity in everybody. And I'm going through the list of things that, that martial arts will actually help with at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And then I'll look at wh- h- how to get a student through the door, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> if you train f- for long enough, people's confidence uh, in themselves grows it does. Um, and there's no reason it, you can't really see a reason why this happens but it does but again it depends on the instructor uh, if the stru- instructor is good and takes an interest then they will manage the students uh, and, and support them when they need support nurture them. Ex- nurture that's good stress levels will stay low if you, if you practice martial arts, we've talked about exercise and stress levels. If you train often, the stress levels stay low, especially if you're learning the meditation side and, and the, the Tai Chi aspect or the softer internal aspect that we say comes with martial arts. Um, the, in essence, if, if you're taught by a good instructor, and I can't emphasize this enough, mm. you've got to find a good instructor The benefits are, are, are immense. Um, you know, we've looked at the self-defense, we've looked at the confidence and, uh, and meditation, stress reduction, but when you look at the personality of a child mm-hmm. or a person, it changes. and it, it might go from one that is aggressive to being much more, more calm. And these are, so these are some of the better benefits why students should join a martial arts club. And I'm not saying just necessarily Lao Ga Kung Fu, it could be karate, it could be Taekwondo, mm-hmm. because these are structured classes with instructors who have gone through the process themselves. And so they expect a certain standard from their students. And if the student's not prepared to do it, then they're, they're taught they have to do it basically, mm-hmm. or they're not gonna be part of the mm-hmm. club. And usually, when a student comes along and trains, it doesn't take very long for them to get involved and get and feel part of a class, Definitely. part of a group and community. And
0: well I see I see it
1: all as a family. Well it is a family and the association must say I was always taught uh, all the instructors to see their students as family. Mm. We're there today. Now children on the streets, I say children, youths young people on the street they they stand out on street corners with their friends and whatever and that becomes their family they see these other people more often than they see their parents if we can get them through the door and away from bad influences to good influences then their life is likely to take a different path
0: definitely
1: now how we do that is very very difficult it's very very difficult because there is this stigma, oh, why do you want to do this, why do you want to do that? But what I say to anybody is go and give it a go. Most instructors will allow you to train for the first lesson free of charge, you know, and if they don't, it doesn't matter. Lessons don't cost very much money. Go and give it a go. Go and watch. Be part of the group. See what what being part of uh, a good group is about as opposed to a bad group. Mm. Uh, And those people that do that will never, ever regret it.
0: No, well I certainly haven't, Um, and sort of people, more adults, I think people, females, not just females, but 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 predominantly females, I think I've come across a few that are suffering at home Mm -hmm. with domestic abuse, Mm -hmm. Um, people that might have sort of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorders, getting those through the doors Um, I've seen the the transformation from some quite vulnerable women completely change and you are you have been the making of that
1: I think I've already talked about how martial arts generally uh, can help with depression yeah uh, and stress that sort of thing anxiety low self-esteem but I think it's again I come back to having a good instructor uh, is what uh, is what is needed. Yeah. So uh, if you've got a good instructor, one that takes an interest in their student, then anybody who's been bullied or has got PTSD or an- anxiety of any description, by talking and communicating with their instructor, It's a similar sort of thing to talking to a counsellor or a therapist. Mm. You're offloading, there's an old phrase, a problem shared is a problem halved. Yes. Just by talking about it actually lessens the load a little bit. Somebody else knows you're not dealing with this, whatever it is, on your own anymore. Mm. And a good instructor will, will actually take an interest in the student. And I would say that probably... Every week I take five or ten minutes out of teaching my classes to talk to one or other student Mm. because they come up to me and say, could I I just have five minutes? Mm. And we we go to a private area and we sit and we have a chat uh, and I think that's the the sign of a good instructor because the instructor is taking an interest in their student just like the parent of a child. You, you, you would look after them and you were there for them and when anybody who is struggling with whatever issue, mental health issue has somebody to support them it is beneficial
0: definitely, I've had, I've taken more than five minutes of your time you have. <laughs> just for the record and you're
1: not the only one but that's fine, <laughs> I don't mind that's, yeah. that's my job you've even
0: helped me write my own wedding poem <laughs> another memorable day which was brilliant um, so I think We've kind of covered a lot, um, what advice would you give to sort of people that are listening now that are suffering from mental health issues um, or feel they don't know the correct way forward as they're trying to turn their life around?
1: Speaking now with my psychotherapist Helen, yes, uh, there is a vast array of help out there for people to access, There is there's masses. That said, not all this help is freely available in the NHS. Um, that was mob. That yeah. But it is there, but it's not necessarily available in a timescale that benefits people. So you can go and, and speak to your GP, and they'll say yes, we'll, we can get you on a waiting list. And, and it is there, but you might have to wait three months or six months yeah. to get on there. Um, the the NHS has limited resources that are spread over many, many different areas. And so mental health is just one of these areas. But fortunately, in recent years, the last two or three years, mental mental health has come to the forefront with Prince William, Prince Harry, yes. getting on the bandwagon as well. It's not um, the
0: first time I've mentioned that in yeah, this and,
1: podcast. And that's elevated uh, mental health in society uh, and it's made people more, feel more confident to say I am struggling with this or I am struggling with that without the stigma that's attached so it, it, it is there and there is help there uh, for people who can afford it there's, the, there is the BACP British Association of Counselling Psychotherapists that if you go onto their website, website or the UKCP and, and look for find a therapist uh, which is easily found on their website on the front page of their website, and they just ask you to put your postcode in, and a list of therapists in your area will come up, and so it is that simple to find a therapist if you are able to afford to this, go and pay for a therapist. This is the a problem therapist.
0: because not everybody can. No, and they depression can't. isn't for the rich. <laughs> no, it isn't.
1: It isn't. But depression similarly isn't just for the poor. It does cover everybody, and if you're a multimillionaire or you're on, on the dole, basically. Anyone can suffer from depression. Yes. It's just that people with money are able to uh, access mm-hmm. therapy within a week. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. If you can afford it, and I would strongly advise anybody, the average session costs about £50. Pounds. You can find therapists who are cheaper than that. And I would say that after six sessions, which is a £300 pounds investment, you will see a massive change in your mood. Definitely. You know, six sessions is what the NHS tends to give you, so that number of sessions is recognised as being uh, an, an, a, a fair number of sessions that will actually uh, equate to change within your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would strongly recommend everyone, find the money and go and do it. I know it sounds easy, and I know it isn't easy, but it would be beneficial. It will change your life without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, it, it, it does and
0: it will, won't it? it so you, on a more personal level, obviously, we've talked a lot about how you've helped other people, um, you journey through martial arts. Where are you at your life? Um, what makes you happy?
1: What makes me happy? That's an interesting question. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very content. Um, in recent years, probably the last 10 or 15 years, I've become very content. Mm-hmm. And I... I wake up and smell the roses every morning. I look out the window and see the trees blowing in the breeze. And unfortunately, if I live in the countryside, so as I drive around, I see the seasons. When, when I used to live in a town, whilst I knew it was winter, I knew it was summer, etc. Et when you live in the, in the countryside, you see the fields changing and you, it, it is just different. And so driving around, seeing the seasons and appreciating life the life that is around me, that makes me very, very content. I think that has come in part from, from training uh, in martial arts. Uh, it's definitely come in part from, that, from martial arts because when I feel stressed or, or uptight, I go to a place that is safe and I can breathe and I can relax, and all the things we've been talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the last 18 months, I've had a grandchild who is a joy, in my mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. And, and whilst I have two children of my own, when they were your children, when they were my children, I missed so much of what I'm seeing in my grandchild. Yeah. You know, the, the development I'm noticing I had work to do when my children were young and, and life you know. to live. Now I have time and I can actually appreciate See. him, and it, 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 he's bringing so much joy into my life. It's amazing. You know, it? It, it is incredible. And, and family. I appreciate family, um, you know, in the last few years my mother died and, you know, I recognise very clearly how much she gave me. My father's still alive so I make sure I spend time with him mm-hmm. uh, and my sister and, and so family is really important as well. Mm-hmm. And when I say family, I include my Kung Fu family in that as yeah. well. Uh, it's, it's a broader family and when you let people in, there's so much joy that they can bring Completely. Uh, and so I think that's where I am in my life mm. at this point in time
0: I think how you've touched on the, watching the seasons changing and living in the countryside um, I can really really relate mm. to that I, I live not far from the countryside in the lanes and it is it is fascinating when you actually stop because we live in such a busy fast pa- fast paced yes. world but to sometimes to just stop and see things and you know people move away from families mm. i used to always as a teenager think i want to move away i want to work abroad mm. and as i got older i was like actually no i don't i love the town i live in i love the country i live in i'm very blessed mm. you know we've, we've got healthcare. you know people slate england but actually we're very lucky we're
1: very privileged in this country with the nhs Without yeah. yeah
0: and where we live you know i do i walk around the lanes and see all the farm animals being farmed and the changes and just appreciating other people's lives as well. So,
1: Well, you talk about the pace of life in society and you're right, but when you look at the countryside, the countryside goes at its own pace. It does. It is governed by the seasons and it it doesn't matter if you want it to come quicker, summer will come when it comes, winter will come when it comes Mm -hmm. and you just have to put up with it. And so actually becoming part of that your life slows down, Mm. and as I say, you can actually wake up and smell the roses.
0: Yeah, I completely, and watching the the trees, just something as simple as that. I'm always putting posts on of my garden, and watching the flowers growing, Mm. and watching the bees pollinating. It is really the simple things in life that put me back into reality. Well into? it grounds you. Yeah, a ca- a rooted.
1: A, If a counselling term is it grounds you, it makes you realise that we're just a small part of this so very much. large world Yeah. Uh, and, and so you, you recognise where you are mm. and, so, and you start appreciating things.
0: Brilliant. Yeah. Well it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I knew that this would be a, um, an awesome podcast so I can't thank you enough my pleasure. Um, to be able to interview and listen to your wise words and advice so um, thank you very much. That's